Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale, Chapter 29, Primary Colors. Before I dive into anything, let me ask this question of you all out there. I was on the student body um, campaign, shit, whatever, like I was treasurer or some shit back in high school many moons ago. I'm watching Riverdale. Hermione is running for mayor. Andy Cohen comes out to endorse her. Now, I may be mistaken, and if so, please someone correct me. Carefree Blurred um, at Twitter and use hashtag WTRPod. But how is his endorsement? How does that mean anything? Like, if this was a presidential election, okay, who and whoever, whatever, you go ahead and endorse me all day long. But when it comes to a local city, like, I'm in Dallas, Texas. If, I don't know, Beyonce came to endorse the mayor, I guess that would be kind of on brand because we're close to Houston, but it still wouldn't make any sense. Like, what the fuck does it matter if you, like, one, you don't live here, Beyonce, and then two, as great as you are, you are not a resident. Like, this is odd to me. So if I am mistaken and this is something normal, which I find that hard to believe, someone please let me know. Additionally, Kevin has been handled so much like a roller coaster on this show that when, oh God, this is such a weird thing. Um, Hermione is being interviewed by Hal, who now owns the Riverdale Register exclusively or solely or whatever. And he's doing a piece on her and she, how great she is. And I get that much. This is great. Y'all doing a good job. But why in the fuck? Are we doing this in the dead of night at by fire, not by a candlelight? And then Andy Cohen comes out of nowhere. Now, again, as a TV show, I understand you don't you want that to be the reveal, but that was handled very sloppily. It was like they was like, "Hey, can we get you Andy Cohen?" Yeah, you motherfuckers got ten minutes, and I'm doing two takes, and that's it. It's like he came out of nowhere. Then we get to Kevin, who's like back to being the token gay and he's good enough to be around now to help out because Veronica just needs somebody at her house apparently. And she's like, Oh mom, thank you so much for letting Kevin come and meet Andy Cohen. He's such a stereotypical gay. He so just loves housewives and Andy Cohen and other gay celebrities. Like this just made his gay life because he has nothing else to do, but be the token gay friend. What the fuck? This was very odd for me. Um, if anyone shares my sentiments, please let me know. This was weird. This whole little, and this is the, you know, one of the first scenes that we get, um, right after we discover that chick has no blossom blood, which 
duh, we could have guessed that. I'm pretty sure a lot of us guessed that early on in the season that he's probably FP's kid. He's probably Jughead's half-brother. So, uh, there you go, Betty. You you and your uh, boyfriend share a brother. Like, this is weird. In the way that Alice is being so lax with... Okay, for us, the viewers... I would imagine we we're all in one accord and knew that chick was not Hal's or, you know, whatever. If we weren't, we are now. I feel as if Betty, not being a viewer, has the right to be upset. It's odd the way she went about getting his uh, DNA test. And it's very weird that she kept saying, yeah, I got your blood from dental floss. That's not how that happened. But when she went down to confront her mom, this is another reason why I think Alice is a horrible parent. She's like, she's like, oh, mom, chick doesn't have any blossom blood, blah, blah, blah. And well, it, no, the the gag, the gaga, the snatch is when she first brought that up to chick. He was like, "Yeah, bitch, duh, I don't know them hoes. I don't have any blood." And she's like, "Well, blossom blood is Cooper blood. If you had some blossom blood, you would be our brother." He's like, mm, "And well, the fuck." So all that being said, getting back to where we left off, Alice is like, "Yeah." We're not going to open up old wounds. Whoever his daddy is, it doesn't matter. He's my son. It's like, mm. Alice has been on this high horse since this show first began. She's been judging everybody, um, sometimes justifiably so, and, you know, getting her rocks off, doing heinous shit. But it comes out that you used to be a serpent. You used to be, quote unquote, lower class or trash. You have this whole sort of background, and then you have this kid randomly back in the day who shows back up it's like you have all the makings and trappings for the people who you push all your judgment on and yet it's just like oh but i'm your mom so it doesn't matter who your dad is it's it's such a weird dynamic and it's such a weird thing coming from her considering like alice you i don't how do you even bring in money anymore you and hal are about to be divorced you got a little bit of change i guess from the blossom thing i don't even know how that panned out how are you paying your mortgage? How how are y'all still in this house? Like, where is Polly? This is such an odd, I don't know. Like, Riverdale has just gone off the rails. Like, it's like they're ramping up to do all the craziest shit they could possibly do since they know this season is coming to a close. Like, uh, I don't know. So we get to Archie and his dad. And I'm, I'm so tired of Fred. You have been inactive this entire season. You haven't done shit to check on your child. He's running around with these quote-unquote monsters doing God knows what while you laid up, not even injured from the black hood anymore, black mask, whatever. And he says, a prison in this town is going to rip rip the soul out of this town and such and such. There has been so much crime on so many levels going on, and you're mad about a prison? Now, I have my own issues with the American prison system, the American justice system, the all that good shit. But in the context of this show, as much shit that has gone on, you're really about to get upset about like it's it's so odd to me. And it's really odd because people are upset and in arms about um, the Southside High being closed down and whatever. But it's like you guys weren't taking care of it to begin with. None of these kids come off as dangerous enough to have fucked that school up the way that they had. That was very much like a dangerous minds, old school, 90s style, like destroyed school but you got all these pleasant clear skinned blue-eyed bushy-tailed happy mother go lucky motherfuckers who just happen to dress in dark clothing and have different colored hair like 
What the fuck? And while I'm on it, let me take a couple steps back to the last episode when Jughead and his cronies chained themselves to the school. This show is really... I can't remember if I addressed this or not, but these random black people that they're putting into these different scenes, like there was a black girl just chained up leaning against the school like everybody else. And my issue isn't with the imagery of slavery and black people being chained up. It's the fact that you're not giving these people speaking roles and you're just shoving people of color into these storylines to make it suit you. It started off with finding out Tony Topaz is part Native American. That's random and out of the blue. First of all, the fact that she's in this group to begin with, there's no representation there. Yes, you are a product of your environment and you don't have to see black people to be around black people. But the fact is the serpents have never been inclusive. They've always been white people, period, or white passing people. So we got Tony Topaz who's shoehorned in as this catch-all minority. She's bisexual, which I'm all here for it. But she's bisexual or lesbian, we'll just say queer to kind of cover all bases she's the black brown person of color then it's like oh Jughead needs something else to be upset about what about this random native person this first nations Indian for lack of a better term person that we're just going to put in here to move the narrative forward for Jughead what the fuck then you get oh we're going to create this Dungeons and Dragons club so we can still say serpents at school and you have this black kid sitting in the back far left no speaking role at all to the point where that same kid has been a kid who's been used throughout a lot of the scenes. I want to say the first season, but for sure the second season when you have random kids walking around the halls of Riverdale High. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, don't, if there's no black people there, there's no black people there, but don't try to add us in to amp up whatever. And then there's no speaking roles. The fact that this black girl was chained up to the school with the rest of you motherfuckers that was like, that was never addressed. We aren't going to turn and say, hey, Keisha, Tina, Marcia, whatever the fuck her name is. Hey, how'd you feel about being chained up at this school? Are we mad at Riverdale? Like, there's no speaking roles. There's no agency given to this person. And you can say, oh, well, you're just overreacting or whatever else. But again, you're just using the brown body and the black experience to, to like, it's, now it's just a number because you could have very easily put a white girl up there or another white man or somebody that's white passing. You do that for all the speaking roles. Hell, even what's the borderline Hispanic looking guy who was the other gay serpent member who showed up and had like two lines and he was gone. He has speaking roles, but you chain up this black girl and you throw this black boy in the back of the crowd and all of a sudden, oh, the serpents have all this color. In it. No, that's just it's it's frustrating Especially coming from the show because I have a weird relationship with the show. I like it at times and then at times I don't. And it's like I have to, much like black people period, things that we have to do when consuming any form of media that isn't indie or our own. We have to remove ourselves from a lot of stuff. You have to suspend belief a lot of times and you have to see yourselves in other people, which we've been doing since the dawn of time apparently and we've been doing that because you haven't had opportunities and i really love this show and I, I put it on my channel to begin with on my carefree black nerd network or whatever because i saw that there was a race bent veronica there was a race bent reggie there was a race bent josie and the pussycats but when you end up at season two um episode 216 which is chapter 29 so 29 episodes later and we're still getting this shit 
jazz version of representation. And I can understand that Archie, Veronica, Betty, and Jughead are the main four. But when you do get these people of color and these minorities, and even Kevin, by extension, only because he's gay in this show, nothing to do with his whiteness, but you, it's like they're just, oh my God. And it's such a frustrating thing when you have Archie Comics, like the new rebooted comic line doing so well and then you turn on tv and you see this shit it's like oh you guys fucking suck and it's so frustrating like oh my god it's, and it's past the point of it's just a wacky show that a lot of episodes are bad and then a few are good it's just how do you handling these characters is uh, i'm over but i digress yeah so for those of you paying attention at home my rant was actually off chronologically i've watched the last four episodes of riverdale kind of back to back trying to switch up my recording schedule but everything i discussed was actually in this episode and even still my point still stands this i don't know this show is trash at times but we get to the uh cafeteria scene where I, for the life of me, I can't understand why these people are still friends with each other. You have Veronica and Betty and Jughead and Archie and all of the shit that they've been through just over the last two episodes. I'm like, why are you even all in the same space with each other? I feel like, though I I do take Archie's, I do, um, no, let me see, I don't take his side. I see where Archie's coming from and I share his same viewpoints as it relates to the Lodges. Because I feel like the Lodges, who are quote-unquote the villains, are like the better characters of this show. I do not accept, which is so weird. Okay, him and his dad being at odds is like hilarious to me. You guys have a weird-ass relationship. The people who wrote this show, isn't they didn't take the time to flesh out a lot of things or to pay attention to continuity in a way that... Well, continuity and story, because so much focus has been on the main four, which I don't think that's a good thing. Like looking at it now, the show is Riverdale. It's not Archie and Friends. It's like a more adult, sexy, suspenseful version of, uh, of Archie. But you haven't actually gave a damn about the stories because much if you look at the MCU, even the DCEU for that, uh, for that matter, you have all these stories and all this history in Archie comics, just like in Marvel and DC. And a lot of times Marvel and DC translate those to movies, much like a lot of comic book, even indie, um, indie comic book, indie comic book publishers, excuse me, have properties that go on to become television shows and movies and stuff. Look at American Gods, which I believe came from a prose book that was turned into a graphic novel or vice versa. Don't bite my head off nerd Twitter or nerd verse, but you have some like preacher, you have the walking dead. I bring up all this to say, if you are at a loss for stories, yes, you can make things sexy and all this other shit, but you can look at Archie Digest. You can look at the new and improved Archie that's been around for the past few years. You can take cues from that and then throw on some Melrose Place and some Mean Girls and some sexy shit. You can do all that, but what I don't understand is why aren't you doing it? We're still getting the same old trash-ass handling of these characters, and it is bothering the hell out of me. Whew. So back to this cafeteria scene. So we get um, Ethel walks up to Veronica and um, is like, oh, Veronica, this is for you and you and your family and your dad is done to it. And she throws a milkshake from Pops, clearly from Pops, in her face. And 
Veronica doesn't react. Um, she's giving off this thing like she would whoop anybody ass in the episodes a few episodes ago or throughout the season. And I get that she doesn't want to bring any more strife or whatever to her family name. But it's just like, eh, you, what you're not going to do is attack me. That's what's not going to happen. Now, you could talk all the shit you want. You could tell me how horrible my dad is. But you put your hands on me or you fuck with me. And that's it. Veronica was well within her rights to mollywop fucking Ethel Bunts or whatever the fuck her name is across that gym floor, cafeteria floor. And I hate that the show is trying to set up that her family are the, I don't know, maybe I'm just keen to villains, but I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, her and Betty are in the the bathroom. She's like, oh, you know, the crazy thing is she brought that all the way from Pops. And Veronica's like, yeah, bitch, whatever. Like, I don't care. She can kiss my ass. My mama says such and such. But I'm just like, y'all too. I don't know. Wow. The um the next scene that I really like is Cheryl. They've been doing what I feel is a pretty decent job with Cheryl lately. Now that her dad slash uncle is back, we know that, or it it it, it appears as if um mom and uncle dad are trying to kill her and Big Mama Rose. And I like I like I like this self contained story. I like this for Cheryl because it's it's more to do where you don't have to rely on these dumbasses the main four because they are the villains of the story but um all throughout this episode we get um Cheryl in bed somebody trying to open a door her yelling who is it which is like oh why would you yell who is it I would probably pick up a weapon get dressed and start swinging I don't know that's just me but I mean as a young girl I can I can see where that would probably wouldn't be the first thing you would want to do or, or instinctively do, but whatever. So we move on and we find out that Veronica is going to take that milkshake to the head as reasons as to why she should run for student council president and student body, whatever, and then have Betty as her running mate. It's just like, oh God, this is clearly going to fail. You guys are the worst people in the world and yet you continuously... I don't know. want to be friends. Shit. And we get to this Riverdale Vixens tryouts where Tony is just dancing her little multiracial catch-all minority heart out. And she's not sweating at all. I've seen Bring It On. I was a male cheerleader back in high school. I've, you know, I've been in step shows. I've worked out. I've done things actively. And motherfucker, you ain't going to be pretty like that after dancing your ass off. So, again, we get this catch-all <coughs> thing of sorts. And I'm so sick and tired of motherfucking Cheryl. And I only say that because Cheryl and Josie's relationship bothers me. Mainly because these motherfuckers act like they don't want to acknowledge the fact that Cheryl destroyed Josie. She destroyed her friendship with the Pussycats. Cheryl was just all-around trash evil ass person she framed another black student chuck for some shit like she was all around just a horrible person and that's canon in this show but yet now they're just friends who's having a sleepover what the fuck is this again the handling of black characters on this show is fucking horrible um taking a couple steps back we had uh veronica punch Reggie in the mouth because of some lewd comments that he made about her. But it's like, okay, you can punch this man in the mouth, but you won't say shit to Ethel, another girl. 
she attacked you. This nigga is talking shit, and yeah, he probably shouldn't, but this he didn't put his hands on you. I feel like Reggie would have been well within his rights to grab Veronica by the side of the head and throw her ass down a flight of stairs. Not really, but to mush her ass, to push her back, to trip her or something like, bitch, you putting your hands on me because you're upset? The fuck? What kind of privilege do you think you have? Like, and I'm this will not be brought up to Weatherby. Nobody will be kicked out. Nothing will happen to her because she's one of the main four. And it's just like, I'm more and more, I'm starting to think of her as a villain, just like I am with the other three. Like, Y'all are trash. Um, but again, this whole... This whole Cheryl shit, like, I really like her as a character, but they... It's like you have... If you watch this show, if you binge watch this show, anybody overseas that's listening and have, like, access to Netflix, and you have the whole se- season at one time, and you binge watch this, it. I wonder what that feels like to just watch it through and to have that episode, that little one-off episode that is still in canon that I want to say it's the episode where we discover that Sheriff Keller and McCoy are freaking. Yeah, I think that's it. But that's in canon and yet you still see how Cheryl acted about and with and towards Josie and other people. But yet we just, I don't know. I just, that really bothers me that we're glossing over that as if nothing ever happened. Like, mm, something needs to be done. But, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm over it. So I piss myself off and have an aneurysm behind this goddamn show. If I let every single trash ass way they portray people of color and minorities and I just wish whatever. I'm still, I'm enjoying Cheryl and Tony, but I'm still like, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen to this poor, poor girl of color mixed up with this white girl and her crazy ass family? Like nothing good can come from this, but whatever. So Archie is talking to, first of all, he cussed his dad out tomorrow. How you going to sue the lodges or how you going to get your, get out of the contract? Will they even let you? Oh, no, so they're going to let me. What? You have no backbone. You can't take care of your family. You were attacked, which is like not blaming a victim, but you were attacked. And like, you have been just coasting on autopilot this whole season and the season before, you had one really good episode towards the beginning of this season, and that was it. Like, who are you? Who are you, Fred Andrews? Like, uh, Archie's raising you. You're not raising him. And that says a lot because he's Archie is a horrible character. Um, We get Jughead going after the Lodges and staging the strike, and him and Archie bumping heads because it's Riverdale versus the South Side. And Northsiders versus the Southsiders. It's just like, ugh. All of this just seems just trivial in the grand scheme of things. You all are motherfuckers who are in high school, presumably trying to get to college. Why are you not working on SATs, ACTs, ABCs, 123s, and college admissions? Working on that shit. Now, of course, I get it's a show. You need drama. You need this, this, and that. But I'm thinking, like, it's this is just such a weird show at times. Um, what I did like though, though it is kind of creepy was the scene at Cheryl's bedroom when all of the girls were brushing each other's hair. And I guess I can respect the fact that they put Josie at the back. Cause who's no, I don't need to see some white girl touching her hair and fucking it up, uh, whatever. So, um, she gets up, Cheryl gets up and explains to the girl, somebody's trying to kill me. And I saw such and such and, and like, okay, girl, are you sure you wouldn't just like imagine the shit? Cause, um, I don't know if you realize this, but you've been kind of dramatic since this show started. 
And she's like, no, y'all, like, for real. Um, <laughs> No, no, but her and... This is another weird scene. The girls are having a sleepover. It's five of them. Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, Tony, and Josie. Cheryl and Tony are in the bed. The other three girls are sleeping at the foot of her bed on the floor. And, I mean, I get that sleepover. You know, some people sleep on the floor. But the way that this is set up with this massive-ass California king-size bed, bitch, we all could have gotten this goddamn bed. Um, Cheryl confesses her love to Tony. Like, oh, well, you know, I invited all the girls to stay over because I know mommy wouldn't let just you stay over and such and such. Then they hear this loud crash when they're about to kiss. And lo and behold, Grandmama Rose is spread out on the floor in her wheelchair on top of her because somebody didn't push her ass down the steps. Now, her mom and uncle dad or dad uncle are talking about, no, well, you know, she has been off her pills or something about some tea. Cheryl brings up the fact that dad uncle or uncle dad is wearing her dad's robe, which, you know, leads to the idea of did her dad really die? Like we have this thing about these crazy blossom curse about the twins and whatnot, but we know dad hung himself in the first, in the first season. Was it actually uncle who hung himself? And dad just went away. I mean, then they're identical. So they would have identical DNA. So it's not like you would say, oh, there's Clifford. Test his blood and all that. Like, mm, it'll still be the same. Unless his fingerprints are out there somewhere. In any case, it's just like, I don't think this show is going to think that hard about it. But this is just, this is just odd. Um, I don't know. I guess, I, again, I'm still frustrated at the way that they're treating these people of color and it's just like when I watch things like Black Lightning that get people of color so well or even watch like Jane the Virgin again another nationality and they still get those people very well like it's just like we come to this shit and it's just a catch all of what the fuck I don't know um I don't know if I'm hate watching it and why I can because some stuff I really like but this show misses the mark a lot so so we get Molly Ringwald back um, as Archie's mom and they're chopping it up and he's mad at his dad and she's like, oh, I don't like when y'all mad at each other and you need to forgive or forget and this and that and you can't say your dad is a bad person, blah, 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 whatever. And in this instance, I'm really on Archie's side because I feel as if though Archie is supposed to be 16, 15, 16 in this show and he's siding with the quote unquote enemy if you're not listening to him and if you're not listening to him, why would you expect for him to want to listen to you? And again, he is the child. He, um, you are the parent, you are the one in control, but if he's siding with your enemy or what you think is your enemy, then you need to sit down and talk to him because even if you know, you ain't going to give a damn about what the fuck he's saying, let this boy feel like he's being heard. So you can counter all of his arguments with reasons why you feel like you're still right. He's almost an adult. Like, to treat him as if you're the six-year-old who can only answer to me, you really, you can do your own thing, but at the end of the day, I am responsible for your survival, which I still am at 16. Um, I feel like they're just treating him like a child. And for something this serious, you should be able to come to him as an adult or at least listen to what he's what he has to say like that i don't know i guess because me and my mom excuse me my dad talked so much to the point where you know we get blue in the face because we're talking about things we're, we're trying to get to the root of issues and 
even if I'm still going to be on punishment or have something taken away or want to go somewhere, like there needs to be some dialogue and there just, there hasn't been, but what this, uh, whatever, fuck this show. So, um, Veronica has a kissing booth for her little campaign and in doing so, she talks to Ed, the others like, oh, okay, it's okay, I'm, I'll, I'm sorry for hitting you with that milkshake. We'll be friends again. Like, girl, shut the hell up. Um, then we get some scene with the Vixens. Like, a lot of this it seems to be just trash. Now, the Lodges won't let Fred out of the contract. Molly Ringwald thinks she's this badass lawyer who can get shit done. Like, girl, I saw you in 16 Candles and Breakfast Club. You ain't doing shit. No, um, Hiram calls up Archie because there's a disturbance at Southside High, which is Jughead, and his cronies are... Chain it with that black girl I was talking about before, chain themselves to the school. Which, for this to be a rundown, old, terrible school, this is a nice looking school. Like, structurally, well, not structurally, I can't say the structure, but like architecturally and with designs and shit, this is a nice ass school. Like, I'm kind of with them in the sense of why are you tearing this down? But at the same time, they tried to present it to be this horrible place, and it wasn't. Um, Betty and Chick getting into it was weird, and she's like, in his room with a lighter talking about, yeah, you want to be crazy. I could show you crazy. You ain't the only one crazy. And I'll be crazy too. And it's just like, I like that because I do like, I feel like Betty should win in this instance. But again, I don't really know what she's winning considering we don't know anything about Chick. Now she walked in the house a couple scenes before and saw Kevin and Chick talking and she put Kevin out like out of my goddamn house. And I'm, I don't know. I'm so mad because I'm on everybody's side in this. I'm on Betty's side in the sense that you're my friend while you're in my house kicking it with my brother after we just catfished him and you're supposed to be on my side. But on the flip side, it's like Kevin, the token gay, there's only two other gay people in this whole town. Chick happens to be one of them. He should be able to have some type of relationship with Chick and he came clean and told on her. But then it's like, Betty, bitch, we ain't even cool. Like, when the last time we talked, when you cussed me out in the woods and then you made me catfish your brother. And now that I've talked to him, I think he's a nice guy and we're getting along, which side note, I don't think they would get along. They look like Kevin's way out of Chick's League, but whatever. Um, I don't care how shallow that sounds, goddammit. It, it is what it is. It just was a weird thing. And then even with Chick, he's like, bitch, you set this motherfucker up to catfish me. And now I actually kind of like him. Why are you going to kick my company out? If I was chick, I'd put my foot down. I'm like, nah, motherfucker. This is also my house. This is my company. If we're going to have to fight it out, you and me could fight it out. But what are you, like, again, I feel like they're just using Kevin. He's just, ugh. I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, she has the lighter in his face. She's talking about how crazy she can be. And he's all scary and shit. And I, I don't know. I don't know. The Cooper slash... Blossom slash Jones by adjacent is like, I don't know how I feel about them. I'm actually quite bored with them. Um, I don't know. This episode was, could have been better. We get the, I guess the big climax is that Veronica is doing this like campaign concert, single with Josie and Archie's playing an instrument and Betty's her running mate. And they're in one of these college style student lounges and, in walks Ethel passing out this flyer that says, like, she knew about the prison and her dad embezzling money and such and such. But it was, like, a lot of shit that I... And, again, I know I have my issues with the American justice system and the prison system and all that jazz. 
But I don't understand why the prison coming into this town is going to be such a terrible thing. And I know there are probably reasons, but the thing, and I could very much just like Google and look up whatever, but my thing is you need to be able to present this to me. Like as a viewer, I shouldn't have to go and Google and search for something like that's this big. That's a plot point. It's very different if you have a random book title and, um, and a one-off comment that I may want to go look up. But if I'm watching this show and you aren't properly articulating why this is a bad thing, it's not just this will rip the soul from this town. That's pretty vague. And what you think is ripping the soul out to one person, it may not be. So I don't know. I just think the show has really dropped the ball with these plot lines, with these stories, with these characters. Like, what are they? What are they? What What are we supposed to get from this outside of there's bad guys and there's good guys? But what's the issue with the prison? Like, the only thing I see is that the bad guys, quote unquote, are making a pretty valid point. Bringing in a prison will bring in more jobs, bring in more revenue. A quarter of this revenue will go into the educational system. We're building a wing in Riverdale. We're building housing that the people who work at the prisons will get housing. Like, it, to me, and again, I could just be a sucker for them being my favorites. I could be a bit biased. I could be a sucker for, I don't, and you know what? No, I'm not going to say that because again, they're giving us a valid Argument. I'm not seeing anything from the other side, but, oh, it's, prisoners are bad. Okay, well, tell me why. Tell me why you don't want a prison. It's not because prison is going to suck the soul out of Riverdale. Give me something more concrete and factual. Oh, he's embezzling money. That being neither here nor there, the, the, the things that you can prove, why is this bad? Uh, I still like to say that this, like, flyer with all this stuff on it, I just, I'm like, and Veronica's fucking her first comment is where did you get this information not these are lies like uh, i don't know i'm just i'm just i'm over this because had it been me in veronica's position and you hand out a flyer with all this shit i'm saying these are lies at the what the fuck is this like again people might hate me but it's my word against yours because clearly you aren't giving you're giving accusations you're not giving receipts why because you have my face printed out on a piece of paper and you wrote this shit on it I'm Veronica Lodge, goddammit. People are going to hate me regardless, but you need to give me more than just fluff pieces or opinions. Give me facts. And I'm, I don't feel like Ethel did that. And then when, um, uh, well, she didn't, but then Veronica's response kind of made everything seem true or gave her all the validity she needed. Where did you get this information? Bitch, just say, what, bitch, what the fuck is this? And hit her across the face like you hit Reggie. Like, Reggie is an asshole, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But to be going around punching him, like, that's a big-ass man. If he had to hit her ass back, but I digress. That's neither here nor there. So she pulls out, um, and I really hate the way, and I have such a weird relationship with the Lodges and with the characters on this show. Ugh. I take a deep breath. I am rambling, but you guys know. I just, I'm over this. Um... Then we find out the plot twist is that after everyone has discovered that dumbass Veronica has let it be known that this is true, all these accusations, we find out that Josie is the one who fed the information to Ethel. And I'm just like, ah, this is... You putting all this energy into being angry at Veronica. Where is the anger at Cheryl? Where is the anger at... 
the Dows for leaving. If your only issue is that Veronica took the pussycats from you, you let them go to begin with. And not even let them go, you drove them away. Like, it's just like, none of this makes sense. And I'm not going to blame no older teenagers. So, so, no, this is bad writing. Like, will anything even come from this? Like, you bring in Ethel after all this time and she's mad. And then you don't even bring up why she's mad. Like, you get Veronica having this throwaway comment like, oh, you know, her family suffered so much under what happened, what my dad did. Uh, we haven't seen Ethel in 48 episodes. Can you refresh our memory? And I refuse to go back and try to figure out why. Because as a show, you should let it be known. Oh, when her dad lost the job because my dad lied about such and such, she's never bounced back. Like, give me something outside of, oh, her family's just so upset. Why are they upset? You're, you're not... Ugh, I just... I don't see it for this. Like, and I'm... I don't know. I'm just interested to see how things are going to pan out, especially with this black girl. Like, I know that she can be upset about her mom losing the mayor's position and about the dolls and whatever else. But again, you have Cheryl and they've just dropped it. Like, ugh, I don't know. I wonder if any other people of color are having these same issues that I'm having while watching this show because this is fucking ridiculous we get veronica yelling at her mom about oh it's so hard and i get the brunt of the stuff that y'all do and such and such it's like bitch shut the fuck up because you signed up for this yes it's unfortunate that you're getting all this flack but think about what the hell we're getting and we're adults like not to discredit that pain that you're going through but a lot of this shit you're bringing on yourself like her mama said why the fuck would you run for class president you know all the shit we're going through. I told you to keep your head down and keep it moving. Go to school and come home. But you don't even want to follow rules. You need to be the center of attention. You're being a brat. You can't be daddy's little girl as you were before because now you're in the inner circle. But what, like, whatever, I'm over it. Um, Chicken Betty get into a screaming match like siblings telling each other secrets. Pretty boring here. Just three blondes yelling at each other in the middle of the goddamn street. Then FP is talking about, uh, you know, Hiram offered me a job at the prison and to get this nice apartment, and I told him to shove it, and I brought some Pops hamburgers. What the fuck? Who cares? You suck, FP. You're doing a piss-poor job of raising your goddamn son. You all suck. Fuck you all. Um, I don't know. Uh, we get to dinner and Archie and his mom are like arguing about him and his dad having an argument. And I was like, I just, this is another instance where I'm sure Archie was completely out of line, but whatever, listen to the damn kid. So we get Cheryl, well, Benny and her mom get some little sex talk and then talk about Chick and if she's being safe with Jughead and Chick needs us and whatever else. But we get to this token black guy. Well, let me not say that. We get Cheryl at the hospital talking to the doctor. And he's talking about, yeah, yeah, um, your grandma drank some tea. And it was such and such. And, you know, from, I don't know, Earl Grey tea. Who knows? Something. Some black man said. And then she's, Cheryl's getting ready to kind of, um, not to kind of, to tell him, no, you need to check again. They're trying to kill my grandma and me. And uh, her mom shows up, Penelope, like, right at that moment and pulls her away. Don't bother Dr. Negro Black Man. He's just doing his job in this lab coat. This hospital seems old as shit. And I don't know if that's, like, trying to keep 
in line with how a hospital would have been back in the 50s or whatever, but it looks odd. It looks almost like an insane asylum. Um, so I don't know. We get to Chick and Betty talking shit again, talking about, and this is very, this is what I really like. Chick laying out for Betty all the reasons why she would be the one to go to jail if they found out anything about that dead body. And I really like that this is the one time where I feel like either the show has been paying attention or somebody smart came in and was like, okay, looked over the last few episodes, like, well, this does seem like Betty would be the one to go to jail. Like, so one of those two things, and I'm leaning towards the latter because I don't think this show is has been smart enough to lay the groundwork for things to come back later unless they've been by accident or one particular storyline that they really liked, like the Black Hood. Like, is this nigga dead or not? Was that dude the Black Hood or not? Like, this is anticlimactic climax. Um, so this is the thing, and I guess this might be my favorite scene or my favorite part of this episode, which has fucked me up. We find out that Cheryl... Oh, and this is such a creepy scene. And this will be my favorite. I'll go ahead and say it now. My favorite scene is Cheryl and Penelope um, driving. I'll just say that much. Because Cheryl is... um, it's I don't know. It's just something about the way Penelope is so stoic. And well, I don't even know if that's what... She's very calm and fake about this like trying to send Cheryl um telling pretty much Cheryl's realizing you're going to an insane asylum you're going to um be committed or whatever and she's like freaking out but she's like in the front seat of this car when I was watching I was like girl jump out but then it's like even if you jump out you're kind of going to help Penelope's case because once you go running one where are you going to and then two if you get caught she can just say oh you're she's so crazy she's trying to run away again and it's, oh my God, that's such a scary and frightening thing to be like, because mental illness is not treated very well in this country. You know, even with like the, the, the troops and the veterans who come back after being whatever, having coming back with these conditions that are a direct result of them going off to fight or to serve their country. And then they're they're even they're not treated with kindness so the motherfuckers that's dying and coming back with illnesses for this country ain't being treated like nothing so a lot of times the people here you can just imagine the homeless guy on the street who may be diagnosed with something schizophrenia depression whatever is not really going to be given given a fuck about and so to think of this young girl she's been through so much trauma your twin has been murdered you find out that your dad is the one who murdered him you tried to kill yourself uh I would imagine several times, but one time we know for sure you have this nightingale syndrome with your quote unquote best friend. You have this trauma from being a young kid and in love with a girl and your mom telling you you're disgusting and deviant. Now you have this new crush and you have this shit with your mom. Like it's Cheryl, though I have my issues with her, has been through so much shit more than anybody else on this goddamn show. And I'm not about to cape for some white woman, but goddamn, this, if we're looking at this show as it's presented, a show full of high school students, this girl is about 15 or 16. I think, I think she, I don't know, I think in the comics she's a year older than everyone, but on the show, I'm just going to stick with 15, 16 because I don't know for sure. But she's this young girl who in the matter of, I don't even know how long this show has been on. Maybe this is six months in Riverdale time. Maybe this is a year. But for all the shit that she's been through, still I rise. Phenomenal woman, phenomenally. Like, Cheryl has been through so much, and now you commit her to an asylum 
saying that she's crazy and deviant. Oh, oh my God. Um, it's I'm I'm exhausted. This show is really exhausting because I don't. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch this episode with a drink in my hand or something. But um, I'm gonna push that to the side. Uh, we get Archie showing up at. Southside High, him and his cronies in some track uniforms, I guess. And they cut off the chains of the Southside motherfuckers and watch them walk away. And it's this whole thing. And it's almost like, oh, it's war or whatever. But this thing with Cheryl, oh, that's frightening. Um, Especially since it feels as if there's going to be some type of conversion therapy on her um uh, and i think that this may be linked back to her and tony having a somewhat relationship like i don't i don't i don't i don't even understand i'm triggered just thinking about this um tony shows up at the house and is like hey where's cheryl and she's like don't come to my house cheryl is going away at a boarding school she's like no that's weird i just talked to her don't you ever come back to this house again you negro that's pretty much what the scene read as. And with that being said, I am done. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. This was an interesting episode. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this show. I'm still going to make it to the very end. As I said before, I'm still contemplating not even touching this show for season three. I'm on the fence about it. We'll see. But I am so... I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Actually, here we go. Listeners, let me know. Um, tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. When you tweet me, use the hashtag WTRpod. If you remember, if not, that's okay. But let me know, how do you feel about this show? Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe because I'm watching it after I watch, like, a Black Lightning or I watch Insecure or something. Maybe I just need to cleanse my palate and just watch this show. But I can't even say that because I'll still be frustrated with a lot of the shit going on here. Um... Like, I know uh, another, oh, I guess a pretty okay scene was that we figure out, find out that Betty wants to move in with Juggie into his trailer, and that's a thing. I don't know, whatever. But the show is so fucking frustrating. Um, My favorite character of this episode, I'll just say Josie, but I don't understand what the fuck her motivation is. Her and Ethel? Uh, um, I'll say Josie and everybody black, um, including Tony Topaz, which I guess she got a little bit of black. I don't know, whatever. Uh, my favorite scene, and it'll still be the Cheryl and Penelope going to the same asylum because it was so, not because I liked it. I liked it um, visually, cinematography with editing and wardrobe and stuff, but overall, I did not like the scene in the sense I didn't like the content, but I did like the way it was presented and the acting was done well, and I was very, like I said, triggered by that scene. So, you know, because I had such an emotional reaction that'll be my favorite scene of the week that being said stay carefree stay out of riverdale if you're a person of colors get the hell up out of dodge and if you're a quote-unquote poor white passing person don't grab your token black friends and chain them to buildings with you the end